if you have five lines of dialogue, try to edit down to one. <laughs> Welcome to Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Every now and then, a film has a take on a current social issue that gives me a real gut punch. And when I watched The Fourth, award-winning writer-director Johnny Kirk's incredibly intense depiction of the unjustified police shooting of an innocent Black teenager, I knew this was a writer-director I absolutely had to interview. Johnny is a graduate of California State University in L.A., and is creative director and founder of digital film production company, Dark Blue Productions. All three of Johnny's previous short films have won awards, and he's been featured in cable and independent films as an actor. A passionate advocate for his community, he's also found time to found Tribe, a group that helps local teens find themselves through acting. Hi, Johnny. I'm really thrilled you're joining us today because I just loved your film. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Scene one. One thing that really gave the fourth so much power for me as a white viewer was how subtly you portray the emotional effects of police violence on some of the cops and the dynamics between the cops. Their brutality was never excused, but they were often conflicted. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just human nature. No one is, regardless of how we see them and what they do, then no one is a total villain. And actually, I did express that to like the actors in the story, especially the ones who are playing the cops and everything like that. You are the hero in your story. You are the hero of the story, regardless of what you feel or with everything like that. You are the hero of the story. And at the end of the night, you do want to be the one to go home. So you believe that you are the hero, not coming into the situation that you are the the villain and you're playing the villain because no one believes that they're in general. No one uh, believes that they are the villain of their own story. Also, too, I did want to bring it like a point, especially reviewing just different cases and situations where you have young men who are being shot by the cops or the police brutality. And there are cops that spoke out sometimes it 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 could have saved a life sometimes they um you see the cops who who battle and lose their job because they're the ones who spoke out or intervene in a certain situation so it's not just like this all boys club scene two i also want to find out why you decided to leave the actual assault blank It was really effective to just see black and hear the assault for that brief moment. Why did you make that decision? There's personal reasons and professional reasons. Uh, Me, myself, as a a black man, I mean, we see that in the news all the time. We just happen to see that moment or someone getting shot or killed or in the case of George Floyd, we watched that nine minutes of 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 that person losing their uh, of their life and everything like that and personally as far as like just trauma and my mental health I could not do it and professionally I I I wanted to focus on the emotional aspects of the character more than the action of what what, what was taking place I thought the emotion and the build up would be stronger than just seeing 
seeing something that you know someone getting shot or or killed or or whatever the situation in front of us and i thought i wanted my actors to to carry that weight that felt that you will still have that weight and an emotion regardless if you saw what what happened or anything like that i was trying to get my hitchcock on uh just that that kind of showing that weight of of emotion and showing the aftermath and i thought that would be more powerful than just just seeing that that the violence on on screen i thought the way that you exploited the actors eye lines throughout the film was utterly brilliant especially in those low angle shots between the the officer in charge and the poor protagonist ray sitting down on the curb care to elaborate Oh yeah, that um that was definitely something that I wanted to do was as far as in the story and everything like that. It was just making sure that that was explored. Um I want to play with eyes because I wanted you to feel the the weight of of just being with the characters. And I thought that was just with the eyes that you would connect with the eyes. Dialing was just definitely uh something that I wanted to have going into the story um even when i was sending off the casting to the actors all the actors i was saying must be strong with eyes must be strong with eyes must be strong to tell a story and i thought that was very important especially just telling the story of of you get a sense of who who was the main characters um in the story and how they're feeling and just keep pulling you back like you're checking in on that character and i thought the eye line which is definitely something like that and also to to show the power dynamics of the characters, the lower angles, the higher angles, and show who's in charge at the at the moment of time, and definitely the eye line was definitely there to show that. And that was, and uh, when I was working with my cinematographer, I'm like, uh, that's something that we definitely are going to show. We're going to pull from the eyes. How close can we get to the eyes? And just making sure we have those levels of power dynamics. We're not just going to have a shot just to throw away the shot. I want to compliment you on the script. The dialogue was really pared down, but it was both symbolic. It foreshadowed the action, you know, uh, watch it, kid, you watch it, uh, just let me live. But everything felt completely natural. And I'm wondering if you have any tips that you can give screenwriters about writing dialogue. The first thing I do say is write, write, get your story down, figure out what your story is. And then once you write everything, most of the time that you are writing this dialogue, you are overwriting. And my tip is, is one, edit. Edit down to, if you have have five lines of dialogue, try to edit down to one. (laughs) That's always been my thing. Always edit down to, see if you can edit down to one. And uh, sit with your actors, trust your actors and, and see, you know, let them fill out the dialogue because they will tell you, hey, this feels very generic. And they will tell you or when you when uh, we had actors on uh, a couple of my lines, um, the actors weren't feeling comfortable with. And you can see it as they were saying it, but they were trying to express it as much as possible. And I was like, well, how would you say it? OK, all right. So that works. I, I, I that still said that still follows what I want. Um, in the story, um, so you can say it like that, and that, and it, it comes off natural for them. In subtext, say something without saying something uh, directly. Um, you don't have to be hit the nail on the head. You don't have to be in the skin on the nose. Always say uh, subtext, because we 
always talking subjects. We never, I think the biggest thing um, now is people say what you mean um, because we never say what we mean. Scene three. So what are you working on next? I'm a horror buff. So I'm working on not only my first feature because uh, I've done so many shorts or I help people with shorts. Um, so I'm working on a psychological feature, um, psychological horror. Think of like a hereditary meets uh, Black Swan where you have a a filmmaker who is cr- creating the story of the first uh, Black vampire. Um, there is a there's actually a literary book of the uh, it's the second it's the second vampire book um, on record uh, of a black vampire in the Caribbean. And so as he's creating that story, he is going through the anxiety of being a filmmaker. And he also believes that he's cursed. I'm also working on uh, more horror short, uh, more horror shorts to test test my my writing ability out and my directing ability. I just want to play with different genres of horror. So I'm working with uh, more psychological monster horror, uh, supernatural horror as well. Tail slate. Well, it was sure inspiring meeting you, Johnny. And the fourth is an amazing accomplishment. So I wish you continued success with all your projects. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap. You can watch The Fourth online until the end of May as part of Cinevix Short Circuit Pacific Rim Film Festival. You'll find links in the show notes to Johnny and to the film. And you can help promote the talented filmmakers we feature by liking, subscribing, or five-star rating us so others can find their interviews more easily. That's it for now. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast.